0: Hey, you're listening to The Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. Hey, tonight's going to be good. Everybody say, tonight is going to be good. I'm not even planning to say anything that will make you uncomfortable. Can you believe it? Not tonight. Tonight is easy to swallow, and it's really encouraging. So tonight's message... You're gonna have to believe me on this, okay? Tonight's message is called wait to date. It's not called wait to date until you're 40 so don't worry, okay? It's just called wait today, but here's what I'm trying to do tonight. I promise is have your back, okay? I want to see you guys make good decisions that you are happy with your whole life. I want to see you guys find the person of your dreams, get married, and have an amazing life. No one wants that more than me, I promise. So when we're looking at what the Bible says about dating and relationships, it's not bad news. Too many people teenagers, I'm talking to you guys tonight, treat it like it's bad news. Like what the Bible has to say about relationships is bad news. It's not. What the Bible is telling you is how to get what you want. Do you guys want a good future? Yes. Yes. Do you guys want to marry someone you like? Hmm, Two of you, okay. (laughs) Yes, you do. And the Bible tells you how to do that. So that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. I want to have your back because I want to see uh, you guys date successfully and have a good outcome and have a good ending. Are you remotely interested in that? Yes! This is great, I promise I'm gonna help you tonight. I wanna to keep you guys from making bad choices. Would you like to hear about a bad choice that I made today I'm regretting right now? Yes. When I woke up this morning, well, first of all, my favorite cereal's called Banana Nut Crunch. It's very hard to find, okay? Very hard to find. But recently at Target, they had it, so I bought five boxes and I gave one to my dad and I kept four. Because it's hard to find, it also comes in small boxes. So you have to stock up when you find it. So I've been rationing it out over the last few months. It's not healthy. It's full of sugar, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not like eating it every day. I'm like having it here and there as a treat. So I have one serving left in my box. My last box has one more bowl of cereal in it, okay? So I woke up this morning. I was not feeling good. And I was like, man, I could just go for like a bowl of banana nut crunch. But then I was like, no, don't make that decision. This is your first meal of the day. Eat something that's gonna help you feel good today because you're already feeling kind of crummy. So I had protein oatmeal. It was really gross. I didn't even want to finish it, but I did. It's fine. But what I told myself was, I'm gonna have it for dinner tonight. On Wednesday nights, I have a fast dinner. And especially if I'm speaking, I just like get home from work. I want to go over my notes. I just usually eat mac and cheese or something really fast. So I was like, I'm just gonna have this bowl of cereal for dinner tonight. Do you guys eat cereal for dinner? I grew up in a house, actually, where that was super normal. So anyway, I get home, and there's no milk. I know it. But the, I'm embarrassed about this now that I'm saying it. There is a carton of heavy cream. Oh. <laughs> so I, I knew enough. I knew that I couldn't just pour heavy cream on my cereal, so what I did was do, like, half heavy cream and half water. <laughs> in my cereal and it was as gross as it sounds and I did eat the whole bowl and now my stomach does not feel that good because it was kind of like if cereal was greasy okay (laughs) so I'm not perfect I still make bad decisions and tonight please hear me and hear my heart. I want to help you guys make choices you are happy with. I don't want your life, your, your relationships, your dating experience to be like cereal with heavy cream and water, okay? Doesn't go down easy, doesn't make you feel good afterwards. So that's why I'm sharing tonight with you. What? Yeah, it was, a, it was an after feel, It was an after feel. I won't give you any more details, but it was more than a taste. It was bad. (laughs) But one time in a recipe, I didn't have milk, and I Googled it, and it said you could mix water and heavy cream. So ever since then, I've been like, well, milk is just watered down heavy cream. (laughs) But I don't think that's true. (laughs) All right. So tonight, if you will, if you will believe me that I have wisdom on this topic, I don't have wisdom on what to do when you're out of milk, but I got a little wisdom to give you tonight. And that's what I want to ask you guys to do is to think maturely and think with wisdom. These are the things that we're going to pull out of the Bible tonight are things that are wise. What does the Bible say about using wisdom in your relationships? We'll start in 1 Corinthians 13, oh, excuse me, 318. And it says this. Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you're wise by the world standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. So that's my first little thing I wanna to say to you guys tonight. You cannot look at the world standards to tell you how to date or when to date, or who to date, or anything about any relationship not even dating. The world does not know what they're talking about. Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you're wise by this world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. What is he talking about? When you do things God's way, there are people who are gonna think it's dumb. There are people who are gonna think you're a fool. There are people who are gonna think you're weird. But you're not gonna look weird 10 years later when you have a successful relationship, a stable situation, a happy life, and everyone else is a disaster. And it's not about being other better than other people. We don't want other people to be disastrous. But how many of you guys have seen people's lives become a disaster based on who they date? We all have. Everybody has seen a disastrous relationship. Everyone has seen people just take a nosedive because they just date a bunch of losers. That's what I don't want to happen to you guys tonight. So if you think you're wise by the world standards, you're not. So this means you probably can't get your dating advice from people at school, right? Or your aunt who's kind of crazy, right? Or whoever's giving you advice, say, oh, you'd be good with this person. Oh, you just need to do this. Oh, the key to a happy marriage is this. No, we've got to go to the Bible to figure out what this is about. And in Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, it says this, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says God. That's actually a really valuable tip. That means don't trust your own thoughts. God is saying, hey, the way me and you think, it's totally different. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. He's not shading you. He's giving you a tip here. And he says, my thoughts are higher than yours. You really have to understand God knows everything about everything. God wants you to have everything that you want. All the dreams that are in your heart, no problem. He wants you to have them. Whatever relationship you dream of having, great. It's God who's going to get you there. But he's telling you, listen, the way you and I think are different. So if you want to find success, you're going to have to think how I think. The way that I think is higher than the way you think. I know that we hear that, but I don't think we always believe it. Do I really believe that the way God tells me to do things is better than the way I really want to do it on my own? A lot of times we would say yes, but we live our lives the opposite. We live our lives like our plan is better than God's plan. And when you think about it this way, picking a higher plan always comes with more benefits, right? Picking a higher phone plan, for instance. I was on a plan for a while that didn't have unlimited data. So when I got that text every month, hey, your data is getting low, I knew my podcast time in the car was about to be over. Why? Because I was on a lower plan. (laughs) Getting upgraded, choosing the higher plan, brought me more things that I wanted, more things that I like, more things that made me happy, because it's a higher plan, right? Any of you guys been shopping for a car? Yes. You know there's different levels of cars, right? I'm not gonna act like I know what they are. S-E, S-E-L, X-Y-Z, I'm not really sure, okay? chrome, platinum, I don't know. But the higher package you choose, the more features your car has, right? The better it is, the funner it is to drive. You might have heated seats. You might have like a Bluetooth thing. I think every car has that now. Mine just doesn't work, so that's on my heart. Um, You could have all kinds of things, windows that roll down and don't get stuck. (laughs) My car also does that, so it's the little things in life. But when you pick a better package, a higher package, you get something that you enjoy more. That's how you need to view this with God. If I pick his plan for dating and relationships, I'm gonna wind up with something that I enjoy more. He is not keeping what I want from me. He's keeping me from all the things that are gonna hurt me and keep me away from what's best, right? His plan is higher than our plan. It has more benefits and it will bring us more joy in the end, I promise. And you guys already know that. Maybe if you don't believe that in your own life, you see it in other people's, right? When our friends date people who aren't good for them, it's a disaster. We see what it does to their life. We see what happens when they're treated badly. We see what happens when they're always getting in trouble, always babysitting this person, always dealing with their meltdowns. Like, we see all that. That is not what God wants for you. Choose God's plan. It's better, it's higher, and you will enjoy it more, I promise. And in Ephesians 5, it says this, verses 15 and 16. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. And that's really the emphasis tonight. Don't live like fools. Don't date like fools. Date like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. To do and that's my heart for you guys tonight that you wouldn't be fools <laughs> that you would be wise but you would also understand what God wants you to do because when you do what he wants you to do you'll end up where you want to be and he's not trying to pay you off to make you obey him he's literally showing you hey if you step here and you go here and you do this and you do that you're going to find yourself exactly where you want to be with who you want to be with and it's going to be really easy without all the mess along the way is that what you guys would like in life I promise, that's what I want you for you in life, that's what God wants for you in life. So we're gonna talk about being wise tonight. And this title, Wait Today, came from three things I'm gonna encourage you about, okay? I think you should wait today until you have these three things nailed down. So again, I didn't say wait till you're 40 or whatever, just wait till you have these things nailed down. Does that sound reasonable? Yeah. Okay, they're, they're good, I promise. Number one, wait until you know what you believe wait to date until you know what you believe. Romans 4:20 20 and 21 puts it this way it's talking about Abraham. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God and Being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to do. The Bible says Abraham was fully persuaded that he could trust God and that God would do what he said he would. So when we look at the life of Abraham, we see miracle after miracle and amazing thing after amazing thing, because he was fully persuaded about what he believed, who God was, and what God would do for him. And that's what I want to encourage you guys tonight. And listen, growing up in church or going to church on Sundays is not enough to make you solid in what you believe. Going to church, if you go to a church with a good pastor who's preaching the word, you will be shown what you should believe, right? You will be shown what the Bible says. You'll be told what the Bible means. You'll be given application tips for how to walk that out in your life, but that still doesn't mean you know what you believe, You heard what to believe, and maybe you saw it in the Bible, but that doesn't mean that you're solid in what you believe. And this was true in my own life. Listen, I grew up in this church. I've always loved church. I have always loved God. But when I was in middle and high school, I wasn't fully persuaded in what I believed. If I gave someone a big enough voice in my life, they could have talked me out of it. And I'll tell you why. Because coming to church on Sunday isn't enough, and coming to church on Wednesday isn't enough. I became fully persuaded and sure of what I believed when I got into my 20s and life got a little hard and I started to actually open my own Bible, read those words on my own time, talk to God on my own and then heard him speak to me and saw him move in my life. That's what made me know exactly what I believe. That's why you couldn't talk me out of it today. But when I was 15, you probably could have if I gave you a big enough voice in my life. Because even though I thought I knew what I believed, I wasn't experiencing it at home. I didn't do anything with it Monday through Saturday. I didn't open my Bible to really see what does my Bible say about alcohol? What does my Bible say about dating? What does my Bible say about anxiety? I was hearing those things at church, but I wasn't looking at them in my own life. I wasn't seeing what God's word said. I wasn't talking to Him about it, and I wasn't seeing Him move in my life. So, therefore, I could have been talked out of what I believe. So, this comes back to wisdom and maturity tonight. I want to ask you do you really know what you believe? And these are questions we have to ask ourselves that like, you know, it can be a little difficult to give ourselves an honest answer at times. But if what you believe is based on what you hear every Sunday and every Wednesday, I'm gonna challenge you and say, you probably don't 100% know what you believe. And you could probably be talked out of it. And I'm not criticizing you. That is every person on the planet who doesn't go home and read their Bible for themselves. It's not enough for someone just to preach to me and tell me what the Bible says. That helps me a lot and that gets me started but it's my job to go home and talk to God about it and to read it for myself and say what does this really mean i heard the pastor say this where can i find that in my bible what else does god say about that what does god want to speak to me about how can he use this in my life and we see this in john 8:32 it says this and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free if you want to live a life of freedom you have to know what you believe is true You have to know what truth is, especially in a world that's saying, like, live your truth, find your truth, be your truth. I don't even know. Seek your truth. You have to know what truth is, and truth is found in the word of God. We believe the word of God is true, and I would have said that when I was 15, but somebody could have talked me out of it because I really wasn't at home proving that to myself. You know it's safe to test God and prove him? It's safe to go home and read your Bible and question things and say, what does this mean? My pastor said this, where can I find it in my Bible? What does God say about that? it's okay to do that. God's not scared that you're going to disprove him. He's not scared you're going to go home and and find something that's just going to rock your world and shake your whole belief system in the Bible. No. When you go to the Bible, it should confirm what you're hearing at church because if you go to a good church, they're preaching the Bible. But you've got to know what you believe is truth because the truth is going to set you free. What is the opposite of that? If I let someone mislead me about what truth is, I won't be free. I'll continue to struggle. I'll find myself having problems with anxiety and depression again. I'll find myself trapped in bad relationships. I'll find myself never getting ahead, never finding success, never being to overcome these issues, things just getting worse and worse in life. Why? Because I don't have the truth, so I can't be free. I've got to have the truth to be free. So don't let somebody else talk you into their version of truth. Truth doesn't come from my brain. I'm not smart enough to know what the truth is. I go to God for it. I find it in his word. Truth doesn't come from the news and truth doesn't come from education and truth doesn't come from TED talks. Truth comes from the word of God and the person you date typically has the most influence out of anyone in your life. You're listening to them more than anyone else. You care what they think more than anyone else. You're spending more time talking to them than anyone else. So they will 100% have an influence on you. That's actually a great thing. In the right setting, that's a great thing. But pay attention. Do I know what I believe? Could someone else talk me into something different? And what do I think is truth? Where do I get my truth from? How do I know what's true? These are the questions we have to ask ourselves. So I want to challenge you tonight Wait today until you know what you believe, until you're fully persuaded, until you are sure what truth is. Otherwise, you're going to be talked into things that are not what God said. The second thing I want to say is to wait to date until you know what you need. Wait to date until you know what you need. Originally, this point said wait to date until you know what you want, and I quickly had to. Backspace that and change it. Wait today until you know what you need. All of us in here know what we want. Actually, when I was in youth group back in the 2000s, (laughs) we one night, I don't really remember why, but we were all collectively supposed to make lists of like what we wanted in a spouse. And I feel bad for the youth pastors because I feel like it did not go the direction they were thinking that it would go, okay? It (laughs) said things like, I see, you know, just the regulars, blonde hair, blue eyes, I don't even know. But then it started getting into like, uh, I would like my husband to be a masseuse and I hope my husband has a Bentley and I hope this and that and the other and I I hope I marry someone who could take me to Hawaii and all these things that were like 100% not spiritual and I don't really know what they thought the outcome would be if they had more faith in us than maybe they should've, but me and my friends were rolling, and then they asked us to like go around and share what we wrote down, and it just took a nosedive. <laughs> they lost control, we were laughing, and I don't know what the outcome was that night, okay? But we were sitting there making lists of what we want. But I wanna challenge you tonight to be honest about what you actually need. Now, I wanna say these things aren't mutually exclusive. God is big enough and good enough that he plans to give you both, what you want and what you need. But the problem is, it's a whole lot easier really to find people that are what you want rather than the person that's what you need. A lot of people will fit the bill for what you want. A lot of them. You'll have one in eighth grade and in ninth grade and in 10th grade and 11th grade and 12th grade and freshman year of college and at your first job and at your second job. It's really easy to find people that are what you want. So you don't need to be asking, what do I want? That's an easy question. We could all write down 10 things right now. I'm gonna challenge you to instead ask, what do I need? What do I need? A lot of people fit the bill for what you want, but not what you need. And in 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 6:14 and 15 it says this. He's super clear talking about what you need. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? He's being super clear. He asked you like four questions that all mean the same thing. What do you need? First of all, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. And that doesn't just mean people who are not Christians, but it means people who don't believe the same thing as you. Listen, when I was 15, I probably would have been fine dating someone that didn't pray in tongues or didn't believe in healing or maybe didn't read their Bible every day. Today, I would never talk to someone. I mean, not like talk to them, but you know, I wouldn't talk to them if they didn't pray in tongues. Absolutely not. Why? Because I need that that's not just a want but that's a need when I'm having a tough day I don't want someone to support me I want someone to use their faith for me I want them to pray in tongues for me and I want them to really be able to help God move in my life it's not about what I want it's about what I need and the older I got the list of things I wanted just shrunk and shrunk and shrunk and the list of things I needed grew and grew and grew I found things in the Bible. I said, I need that. I need a person of faith. I need someone who prays in tongues. I need someone who will lay hands on me and believe for healing. I need someone who will play deliverance over me when I'm having nightmares. I need these things. So I want to ask you, not what do you want, but what do you need? And are you mature enough to identify it? Can I really identify what I need? For some of you, you actually need someone who will make you go to church. If you dated someone who didn't prioritize church, you would quickly not prioritize church as well. And that's not a criticism, but that's like grown adults, okay? <laughs> that is full grown adult people. You've got to have somebody who's committed. You have to. You will rise or fall to their level. Absolutely. And it's a lot easier to fall. If I was standing on this stage and one of you was on the ground, I would have a hard time picking you up and pulling you on the stage, right? If we were battling you would have a much easier time pulling me off the stage. Do you agree? It's much easier for me to fall down to someone else's level than it would be for me to try to pull them up to mine. And I almost never see that happen. Almost never. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Do they believe like you? Because it matters. And here's where maturity comes into. It may not affect your life hugely today, you think, But listen, journey down the road a little bit. If I marry this person, if I have kids with this person, if I live with this person, and if I share bank accounts with this person, what will this mean? Is this person going to have a problem that I want to tithe? Are they going to get mad at me for giving offerings and blessing people with money? Are they going to get mad at me if I want to sell my car and give the money to my church? What are they going to do when my kid is up in the middle of the night puking? What are they going to do when I lose my job, you know? What are they going to do when I need a job, but all I can find are jobs that are going to take me out of church. What is their advice going to be? Bring yourself into a little bit of maturity here and say, this is not just about who I'm dating when I'm 16. This is about what is this going to look like in the end? What is this person bringing to my life, and is it what I need, or is it just what I want, Does this person ever, uh, are they ever able to share with you what they're, like, reading in their Bible? I would absolutely not give anyone the time of day if they could never tell me what they were reading about. (laughs) Or what they were praying about. Or their favorite worship song. Or if I got in their car, honestly, and every time it was just the radio and it was never worship and it was never podcast... That would be a deal breaker for me. And I'm not trying to be obnoxious, but that's what I need. I don't need someone to just show me the top 10 on like uh, the iTunes or whatever. I don't even know. Like, I just don't need that. People live for such silly things. I want to be able to go to that person and them actually be able to strengthen me, right? To help me, right? (laughs) To pull me up higher, right? right? It's about maturity. What do you need? Not what do you want, but what do you need? proverbs 110 says it like this in the message dear friend if bad companions tempt you don't go along with them every single one of us will be tempted by someone who's what we want but not what we need and you will have that occur multiple times so again put your hat of wisdom on take this back to the word of god and say hey if someone approaches you that is what you want but they're not what you need don't get mixed up with that don't give that person a place of influence in your life. Just don't. It's easier that way. I promise if bad companions tempt you, don't go along with them. Bad companions will tempt you, but listen, don't go along with them. God is trying to give you wisdom here. In Matthew 7, 7, it says this. Keep on asking and it will be given you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking reverently and the door will be opened to you. So this verse is full of Hope the person that you want to be with, they're not elusive, okay? You're not on like a massive hunt to find them. There's so many people, and I, I feel for them. I'm not making fun of them, but so many people your age and my age and all kinds of ages who are so frustrated because they just can't find the right person, right? Do you guys know those people? yes. Maybe if you don't, maybe you are that person, but (laughs) we all know these people who are just so desperate and like, that's all they can talk about is I can't find anyone. It's so frustrating. I I just can't find anyone and I keep asking why and I keep this and that. God is saying this, listen, keep asking and it'll be given to you. Keep seeking and you'll find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. I'm going to translate that tonight to say, don't worry about it. Use wisdom. If bad companions tempt you, don't go along with them. And just know that God's got your back. And if you're seeking, you're going to find. If you're seeking the right thing, you'll find it. And God is going to make it easy. So don't be discouraged. Don't be like, everyone in my high school sucks. Really, what you guys say more often than that is, everyone in this church sucks. There's just nobody in my church. There's no one in my youth group. There's just no one that I like here. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. Use some wisdom wait today until you know what you need, not just what you want. And listen too, there was a, I don't know, there was all kinds of books that came out when I was young. I haven't reread them as an adult, so I can't really, really vouch for them now. I don't really remember if it was wisdom or if it was just like a fad. I don't even know. But there, there was a grain of truth that I took when I was growing up. There was a lot of emphasis on the fact that you're not dating for fun or you're not dating for a good time or you're not dating to find what you like. Because, again, what you like, really, God's going to take care of that, but you're looking for what you need. okay? But it was basically like the purpose of dating is to see if you're going to marry this person. I agree that that can be like a harsh way to say it out loud, but I agree with that. If God is saying, hey, if, if the wrong people tempt you, don't get mixed up with them. Yeah, I agree. You should be looking for the right person. Now, I don't think you have to get hung up on it, and I don't think you have to be legalistic about it or crazy about it or anything. But God has designed uh, human emotions to be responsive to each other, Correct. This is why you love your friends, right? And you feel connected to your friends because that's the way our souls work. Our mind, our will, and our emotion, we connect with people, and that's great. That's what makes life great. The people that you love, you feel connected to them, right? On like a soul level, your best friends or your family or whoever that is. Here's why you should be careful with dating and again, looking for what you need, not what you want. You weren't made to go through life with just a bunch of broken connections, okay? Okay. Your soul will attach itself to whoever you give time to. I 100% promise you, it can start casual, it can start slow, it can start as just friends. But listen, your soul will attach itself to whoever you give time to. God made you that way. That's actually great. That's what makes relationships Great, that's what makes friendships. Great, your soul becomes attached to people, but people wind up damaged when they attach their soul to this person and date them for eight months and then break up and it's horrible, and then attach their soul to this person for a year and then break up and it's horrible, and then date someone else for two months but then go back to this person for another six months before they finally break it up again. You're just tearing your soul apart from a bunch of people, and you might think you're okay until you try to connect your soul with the person that is actually what you need, and and what you want, but you've got a damaged soul from all these people that you made mistakes with. It gets really, really messy. So I'm not saying, I know sometimes like, I feel like people in the church could have just, you know, could sometimes have an attitude or run really far with stuff of just like if you go on two dates with someone, then they're like, when's the wedding, okay? That's creepy and weird. (laughs) So I feel for you guys on that. Trust me, I get it. But I am supporting the idea that you weren't made just to connect and disconnect with a bunch of people trying to find the right one. That's not how God has made it to work because God doesn't want to see you get hurt ever. Ever. God doesn't want to see you mess up ever. God doesn't want to see your soul be ripped apart from another person, ever. So that is why I believe he's saying things like, listen, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Don't go along with the wrong people who tempt you. And he's saying, listen, it's worth it to keep on asking, and keep seeking, and keep on knocking, because eventually... When you're faithful to what God is telling you to do and you're really looking through the lens of wisdom and maturity saying, what do I really need, not what do I want, you're going to find the right person. God will bring that person to you and you don't have to go through a process of trial and error. Does that make sense? Does that make you guys feel a little better? You don't have to have a trail of broken hearts. You don't have to leave a trail of broken hearts. Some of you might think you're on that side of the spectrum. I don't know. I don't want to know, actually. <laughs> Either way, nobody's heart has to be broken, okay? Okay. Wait until you know what you need. Good. The third thing I want to say tonight is wait until you know what you're doing. Wait to date until you know what you're doing. Good. Listen to this, Jeremiah 29, 11. You've heard it a million times, but it's going to be good tonight. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil to give you hope in your final outcome. But the beginning of this, God is saying, I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you. But I want to ask you, do you know the thoughts and plans that he has for you? Do you know what God's thoughts and plans for you are? If not, it's not a good idea to date someone because how will you know if they're what you need if you don't know what you're doing in life? And you don't know where you're going in life, right? And I'm not saying you have to have every detail and you don't have to sit here and say, "Well, God told me I'm going to buy this house and I'm going to go to this school and I'm going to get this job" cuz God doesn't usually drop all that knowledge on us. So if you don't know those things, that's fine. We all don't. We know like the next couple of steps and maybe we know some things that are in the future, but God doesn't give us every single step, right? But There are some things you should know, like what do you feel called to do? For instance, if you feel called to ministry, okay, then you need someone who also feels called to ministry. That is a really easy qualifier to identify that'll keep you from making mistakes, right? If you feel like you're supposed to be a missionary to Africa, then you need someone who is okay with moving to Africa, right? And this sounds silly, and it sounds really like basic, but how how many of you people know people who date people, and you're like, this is never going to work. I could give you 10 obvious reasons why. Why? And they're like, well, I don't know. I prayed about it and I have peace. I'm like, well, I don't know why he's never at church on Sunday. What gives you peace about that? And you said you're supposed to be called to ministry and he wants to be a mechanic. What gives you peace about that? You know, like I know there's no shade to mechanics, but for real peace, people ignore these basic red flags. You said God told you X, Y, Z, and he is saying he wants to do A, B, C. You should not date him. You should not marry him. It won't work, right? But how will you know if you don't know what you're doing? If you have no idea what you're called to do, that's okay. But don't run around dating everybody because you are going to date people who are a bad fit because you don't know where you're going in life. You don't know what you're doing in life. Uh, There's just so many people. And listen, as you get older, it gets worse because people get more desperate as they age, okay? And they will totally accept things that you're just like, You hate that. Like, why are you dating that person? You literally said he was disgusting three months ago. Like, I don't understand. People will do the dumbest things. People will want 10 kids and date someone who wants no kids. That's not going to work, right? And this is funny, and we're laughing, but people do it. Do your friends do it? Yeah, they do. And like I said, as you get older, it gets worse. People your age will start doing crazier things, looking for love because they're desperate. Don't date until you know what you're doing. What are you called to do? God has thoughts and plans for your life. And if you don't know what any of those are, then you have no basis to know what you need in another person. None. So get with God first. What am I supposed to do, God? Where am I supposed to live? What career should I pursue? Where should I go to school? And again, you don't have to know all the answers, but I wouldn't have talked to anybody who said they were going to live in Texas because I'm not going to live in Texas, right? And I wouldn't have talked to somebody who was like, oh, I want to go into the medical field and I want my wife to do that too. I'm not going into the medical field, right? It's basic stuff that people ignore all day. So what are you doing with your life? Do you know? Do you know? What has God called you to do with your life, right? And it's fine if you don't know, but be smart enough not to date until you know. Because how will you know what you need when you just don't know what you're doing? And all of this tonight sounds like common sense, but people do it all the time. Like I said, so many people have told me, because they are in church and they know enough to say, like, well, I prayed about it and I have peace. When they're ignoring obvious things, this guy treats you badly. God's not going to give you peace about that, right? This guy doesn't tithe. God's not going to give you peace about that. This guy came to church a couple times because you invited him, and he told you he didn't really like it. God's not going to give you peace about that. My feelings aren't hurt, but what are you guys going to do on Sundays, you know? And again, Think about the future. Think about wisdom. Things that are fine when you're 15 and 16 are not fine when you're married. I promise. I promise. Love is not enough to overcome major red flags and life differences and differences in belief. It's just not. Love is not enough. And actually, human love never is. It's going to be God's love anyway. When you find the right person, you will still have all of your issues and all of your problems. But someone else is going to be looking at them now up close so it's fun. (laughs) They're not going to solve your problems. They're not going to make your issues go away. Only God can do that. Only God can show you who you are and where you're going in life, so don't date until you know what you're doing. I'm going to give you guys a fourth bonus point. It's going to be short, I promise, okay? I was going to put it on here, but then I was like, this one could get really lengthy, so I'm just going to make it short. I'm just going to put it in your brain, and you can just think about it, okay? Okay. So we have wait today until you know what you believe, wait today until you know what you need, and wait today until you know what you're doing. My fourth point that I'm gonna add to this tonight is wait today until you can do something. Here's what I mean by that. If you are not old enough to drive, pay for dinner, pay for insurance, and get married, I'm gonna challenge you to say that you shouldn't be in a serious relationship. And here's why. You're human and that other person is human. And when two humans are together long enough, they want to play house. God says, don't play house, get married. Do I need to be any more clear? I told you guys I wasn't going to say anything that would make you uncomfortable tonight, okay? (laughs) But it's just wisdom. Know yourself. Know the other person. Don't do something dumb. And I'm not up here to be like, you're going to get pregnant and you're going to this or that. But you will make mistakes and step out of the will of God, and it's going to hurt your relationship. That's the point of it. God is not trying to keep you from things, but when you take a relationship and bring it outside of the guidelines God has given you, it becomes very painful. It doesn't bring you joy. It's no longer what you need. It's something that hurts your life. So wisdom says, hey, maybe I do feel like I know what I believe, and I feel like I know what I need, and I feel like I know where I'm going, but I'm also 14, and I can't drive, and I can't get married. That means I should just cool my jets for a few years till I can actually do something, and again, it doesn't mean you need to get married in three months of dating someone or anything crazy like that. I'm, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if you start dating someone when you're 14, you have quite a long time before you can really reach any kind of finish line or move forward in life or or legally marry or any of these things or afford a house, hello, afford health insurance, these kind of things that are like boring but they do matter. You don't want to sleep in a car at night. Trust me, I have done it before on accident and my neck really hurt the next day. So you need a house, okay? You need to be able to put food on the table more than ramen noodles. You need to be able to pay for a roof repair when your roof is leaking all the things in life that are not so fun and you can't do that at 14. So don't fool around and get in something really serious because between the ages of like 14 and 22 maybe when it's wise for you to get married there's a lot of room for mistakes to happen that will hurt your relationship. And I've actually seen people that I I can't speak definitively but I really think they would have stayed together If they had used wisdom and not made some mistakes that actually ended up derailing their relationship because they just started too early or they went too fast or they got too serious, they made mistakes, and then because of the pain and the damage that happened, they're not together today. And it affected the lives of other people. So I'm not trying to be like, Overly crazy about this, like I say, and say you have to wait till you're 40 and you don't date someone unless you're sure you're gonna marry them. You might not be sure on the first date, okay? You may not know. You might not sit down at dinner with that person and know 100% that I'm gonna marry them. But if you start with all this wisdom and start with all this criteria and just wait until you can actually do something, your chances for success are way higher. Do you guys believe me tonight? Thank you for hanging in there with me. I love you, and I was excited to talk to you about this. And listen, nobody wants you to have happy, great relationships than me. Nobody will cry harder at your wedding more than me, probably, okay? (laughs) I love all you guys. It will be so much fun when I see you guys wind up with the right people, but I just don't want you to be damaged along the way and make decisions that are gonna hurt relationships in your life. Does that make sense? All right, I love you guys so much. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media.